This is the Matt Report Podcast, a podcast for WordPress professionals, agencies, freelancers, consultants, users, community members. If you're interested in learning about the business side of WordPress, this is the place to be. If you're interested to have discussions, deep-rooted conversations about the community, where WordPress is going, and the business behind it all, it's mattreport.com. Mattreport.com slash subscribe is the number one way to stay connected. You're listening to Season 5. This portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by Beaver Builder. When you need a page builder that works effortlessly with your WordPress projects, doesn't get in the way of your team, and is a joy to use, you need Beaver Builder. Their team of passionate developers and designers have worked tirelessly to create a builder plugin that gives your WordPress website a big, comfy hug, not leaving it out in the cold. With an all-new version, including their 2.0 build plus themer capabilities just around the corner, Beaver Builder is leading the pack of page builder plugins in the WordPress space. So whether or not you need to just build a simple landing page or drag and drop the entire layout of your next marketing website project, Beaver Builder is the plugin for you. Check out their website, wpbeaverbuilder.com. That's WP, like WordPress, beaverbuilder.com. Episode number five in a season called number five. This is with Brent Jett. He is uh, one of the guys over at Beaver Builder team spearheading the 2.0 release of Beaver Builder, and he's a bit of a hybrid. So um, some front end, some back end, uh, user interface stuff, and even marketing. Uh, he's got a whole sort of uh, well-rounded experience, and he, and he has that because he works full-time at a digital agency down in Austin, Texas. Uh, but he's joined the Beaver Builder team to help them with this 2.0 release. So I had the chance to meet with him, talk about the product, just talk about sort of page builders in general, his approach to sort of the industry at large, and how his efforts are getting rolled into the new product. Episode marks the halfway point of season five. Moving forward, you will not hear my voice as the main host of the show. You will hear Corey and Sam as they uh, take it away into the world of software as a service, gave the keys to the Matt Report to them, spinning up a sort of a new direction for the Matt Report. Uh, there will be a bumper episode for you to listen to that will explain all of this stuff. Uh, but I thank you for listening to season five. Thanks for being a loyal listener. Thanks to our sponsors for making this possible. Let's dive into the show. Hey, WordPress fans. This portion of the Matt Report is sponsored by Liquid Web. It's not if, but when you need improved performance, maximized uptime, and incredible support. Liquid Web is the partner you turn to. It's no secret that Liquid Web has been known as a web hosting company with a ton of plans to choose from, but they've also engineered a new managed WordPress offering perfect for mission-critical websites. And here's two bonuses. Number one, every managed WordPress customer includes iThemes Sync integration, perfect for freelancers and agencies who need single-click WordPress management capabilities. And number two, if you sign up today, Using this discount code, MATREPORT33, you'll get 33% off for the next six months. Visit liquidweb.com slash WordPress to get started. That's liquidweb.com slash WordPress and use the code MATREPORT33 to save 33% for the next six months. 
Hey, Brent, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. Designer developer by day, product designer by night, <laughs> uh, sort of just getting uh, into the, or maybe not just getting, but in a few months, uh, maybe almost a year, but you can, you can tell me in the Beaver Builder space, for folks who don't know who you are and what you do, give us that two-minute two elevator pitch. Uh, who, are you, who are you by day and who are you by night? Okay. Uh, well, so by day, I, uh, I design and build websites for a digital marketing agency in Austin called Nimedia. And, um, and then by night, I, uh, I, I build, uh, well, I'm working on the 2.0 build uh, for Beaver Builder. Um, yeah. Are you actually building, are you actually developing and, and, and committing code to the product or is it much more from a sort of, uh, a, a design and high level product concept kind of thing? No, it's, it's full development. You'll see a lot of my code in 2.0. So we can blame you, right? <laughs> That's right. Oh yeah. 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 When, uh, when everybody is like, Oh, Beaver Builder just totally lost it in 2.0. It's just not like it used to be. You can blame me. What's the what's the day to day responsibilities from a a developer somebody who is a developer slash designer like almost like this hybrid slash you know unicorn that that a lot of like agencies like I'm an agency owner so I'd love to find somebody who's sort of got both uh, mixes um, you know in their tool in their tool set uh, but what is the, what are the, the uh, responsibilities look like for you from day to day? Are you uh, you know opening up Photoshop and then slicing it up and actually doing the front end development? What does that look like? Yeah, so at at any one time uh, we'll have uh, clients in you know in different stages of their project, and so um, you know because we are a marketing agency, we'll we'll do a, a kind of an audit to get things started off. Um, and kind of kind of get the clients through the door, get the proposal, get all that signed, and then they they land on my plate. And uh, so it's it's anything from you know that initial kind of discovery phase where we're just trying to kind of pull the you know the details of like the tone and you know what kind of content, what kind of photos to expect from them, and kind of how they how they see their site working out. Um, you know, all the way through. Uh, going into design, doing mock-ups, um, you know, spending that time to try and try and give them something that, you know, that they'll be happy with. And then, uh, you know, taking them through development and, and site launch. Um, so, yeah, I mean, on any given day, I'll have, uh, you know, a handful of clients and, and they can be in, in different, uh, different stages of that process. Are you involved with the pre-sales process and sort of the onboarding of a customer? Really, only to the degree that, uh, like the guys who are doing that kind of stuff, they'll they'll come and be like, "Hey, these people have this website. Uh, they've got some issues. Can you can you help? Can you give us some language about how do, how do we say, okay, you need a new website because you know how do we say you've got this problem on your homepage or you've got this? You know, they're they're usually pretty good about um, some of the the more search related things. Uh, you know, things to do with paid search, things to do with analytics. But when it comes to that design language of of being able to say you know, this is why the site's not working and this is why we think we can do something, you know, something better for you. Um, you know, so I'll get a little bit involved there, but uh, beyond that, not, not all that much. There's a lot of people that listen to this show who are, they're freelancers, they're boutique agency owners, and of course they're product owners all in and around the WordPress space. Uh, I guess what's the biggest benefit that you've seen 
uh, aside uh, aside from the steady paycheck of an agency, um, but what are the other benefits of of working with a team? There's a lot of people out there that are just like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go it alone. It's gonna be easy. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna find it. I'm gonna find all these people who need websites. I'm gonna sell them to them, and I'm gonna be living on the beach, you know, sipping uh, sipping a margarita. Uh, but what are the benefits for working with a team uh, in a company like New Media? Um, he, you know, it's there's so much expertise to be had. Um, and you know, having a website that's really working for your business, which, you know, if you're a business owner, that, that is the reason you have a website. Um, Mm -hmm. having it work for you is not an easy thing. And, you know, you hear about it all the time. A lot of times people aren't giving, you know, real concrete details, but you know, you hear about Google's changing the rules all the time. You hear about, uh, Facebook is changing the rules all the time. And, you know, how do you, you know, plan your content calendar and how you, how do you keep up with what search is doing and how do you manage your paid search effectively and, you know, all of that. And the website is kind of this, you know, this centerpiece, right? It's this hub that is doing a lot of things for these different areas of the web that you're trying to go after, you know, your customer. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, so being the single guy, I, I would not want to be the, the designer on my own, um, uh, unless I absolutely had to, just because, you know, there's stuff that I just don't know about. And, and, right. you know, I, I read constantly, but my expertise is always going to be design related, development related. I love that kind of stuff. But, you know, you sit me down and you want to talk about to paid search and I can do it, but that's not my area. So, sure. you know what I mean? Like, it's just, so you need a team, you need somebody, even if you're kind of a do it yourself, or even if you're kind of more, you know, you want to, <clears throat> you want to kind of deal with things uh, yourself. You can, you need somebody you can talk to that's going right. to give you kind of the, 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 ra- the more rounded perspective and finding that in a single person is pretty, pretty tall order. It leads me to uh, sort of maybe just another question is, is how the, how the team, how, how the agency you work for sort of maybe even positions that communication. Is it, is it sort of all collected in like a Trello board, uh, maybe an Asana account? Like how do you all, and you you mentioned Slack, but sort of how how are those other you know maybe project uh, milestones all sort of organized and put together so that they know that that you maybe you might be attacking those in the right order? Uh yeah we've um, we've we've tried everything um, we've definitely <laughs> like, spent a, like our, a lot of our us. fair share of, yeah right you know we, we've we've definitely gone through our soul searching phases when it comes to tools um, and and to be frank you know we're not, we're not great at being organized to begin with, but, um, you know, right now we're on kind of a Trello phase for our tasks. Um, uh, let me see. We've, we've kind of gone through, like, it's, it's always the, the balance between like, where do you put your kind of these little transient task things that need to get checked off. And then you also have like persistent knowledge. So like, uh, you know, you need your knowledge base, you need your procedures and stuff like that. Um, and so we've gone through our Evernote phase uh, with Evernote Business, trying to trying to share some stuff between ourselves. And um, I'm currently uh, my my flavor of choice right now is Dropbox Paper. If you haven't tried it, it's pretty awesome. Um, as a I've been meaning you know, to. I saw the announcement. I just haven't had a chance to get to it yet. It's it's pretty slick. I mean, it's um I don't know. It's kind of somewhere in between uh, like an Evernote and like a like a Word doc kind of thing or um, Markdown, like if, if you if mm-hmm. all of that kind of had like a baby in between them, that, that would be <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's 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 strange, but they've done a really nice job. 
um, you know, being able to like, you're, you're making notes and then you can just uh, kind of tick, tick, tick into a, like a code block and it's doing like code highlighting. And then the next thing you know, you're doing tables and you know I mean? Like you can, for, for documentation and notes and things like that, it's really, really good. You have a YouTube channel. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I noticed a little the sort of little snicker in there. The last video was about a month ago, um, previous to yeah. that four months ago. Um, what was sort of the, uh, the, the thinking of launching a YouTube yeah, channel? What, I know it's on your deal blog. With <laughs> yeah, what's the deal with the six posts? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'll tell you. That, so um, I guess it was like two, September-ish of 2015. I really got on YouTube and started making just stupid videos um, to try and understand it. Uh, you know, I'm coming from a content marketing uh, perspective and, and, you know, we've got clients that, you know, we know that they need to break into social, uh, social media. We know that uh, content creation is, is kind of a passion of mine. When we talk about, um, you know, content marketing, you can, you can sort of break it into two camps um, that are both sort of, equally important you have content creation and you have curation and so um you know we we've spent a lot of time talking about you know how to get people to to curate content that already exists and and also how to create new stuff and so you know obviously my background is photography and design and those kind of things and so creation is is my you know that's where i live um and so i I really got on youtube just to try and to to try and work it out um you know I, i don't have uh, not, I don't have too much trouble setting up, you know, lights and microphones and things and getting, getting it all there. But then you sit down in front of the camera and you're like, duh, what am I talking about? <laughs> and, you, you know, and, uh, so that was, uh, a, just kind of an exercise for me to, to get comfortable with it. And, and I actually sort of fell in love with it, but, um, somewhere along the way there, I started working for Beaver Builder and I, I got a little busy in my free time. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, so not to not to put the blame squarely on Beaver Builder, but but that's just yeah, I just kind of fell off the the, the wagon. Well, and you saw uh, there was a recent video uh, of mine, uh, just as a it was a Beaver Builder tutorial, and uh, all that all that was is I, I've been uh, trying to sort of convince the guys, hey hey, we got to do a we got to do a channel, you know, we got to do a, a Beaver Builder channel, um, and so we we you know I kind of prototyped out like what what is that? What would a video be? You know, how do you do Something that's a little bit more than, you know, you start with a blank layout and you drag a heading module. I mean, everybody does that. Um, you know, so how can we show kind of some some deeper uh, how-tos and some of the more interesting uh, facets of Beaver Builder? But in the process, I was also working on, uh, you know, a 2.0 complete reskin of the application. And so we're like, well, maybe we ought to, ought to just hang, on, hang back on making videos until you know, until uh, uh, 2.0 and Themer kind of get around um, because they're just going to look outdated, you know? Right, right. And, and, you know, the other thing is too is people don't realize, uh, and that's where, that's where I was going with this stuff, is sometimes like a five-minute video takes three hours, to, you know, to make. Uh, you're oh, three hours it, is good. <laughs> right, and that's right, and you're absolutely right. Three hours is a, is a good day. Uh, and that is one thing that I have really learned. But I noticed even... For your, you know, for the the few videos that you have up there, I mean, and this obviously comes from your photography background, uh, looks looks sharp, looks crisp. Uh, you get, you know, uh, you know the nice sort of elements in the background, so that you know it's not so such a boring sort of, uh, you know, just the back of the wall behind you, that kind of thing. Sure. People could get really lost in planning this stuff out and making it look really good. 
So what's your advice for, for somebody who maybe wants to kickstart their YouTube channel or even just a blog or any kind of content creation? Uh, what's the, what's the, the good balance that you found of spending time trying to figure out to get it perfect versus we just need to get this thing out the door? <laughs> what, what's your yeah, sort yeah. of take on that? Well, you know, and I've had to learn kind of how to resist the, you know, perfectionist tendencies because, you know, if I'm there, I'm, for me, it's, it is more, uh, you know, I get more excited about the production value of the thing than I do, you know, actually sitting down because honestly, you're you're kind of like, oh, gosh, now I have to sit down in front of the camera. What? Um, (laughs) But but yeah, you kind of you kind of have to learn to resist that impulse and and, uh, you know, focus on, you know, remember that the web is informal. Right. I mean, mm. go go watch any of the, you know, kind of the top YouTubers that are, you know, kind of in vogue right now and dial back, you know, as far as you can and check out their early videos. Right. I mean, you can go check out anybody and see that their stuff today is better than their stuff was. So, right. you know, be OK with that. So let's shift gears uh, to getting into how you first got into Beaver Builder. You know, how did you first find them and sort of what was your, you know, what was the the, the nugget there that that made you sort of say, hey, I think I'm going to contribute to these guys? Sure. Um, So working for the agency, uh, we'd gotten, I don't want to say burned, but we definitely had some experiences with page builders in the past. And I won't name any names, but, um, you know, some builders that, just really weren't ready for the kind of work that we were doing. And, uh, but it was something I, I, I guess I treat, I, I treat page builders as kind of an inevitability or I always had mm-hmm. that, you know, eventually somebody was going to do it right. Somebody was going to get one that, that you could really, um, that you could really use. Um, and so I kept looking and, uh, you know, I stumbled on Beaver Builder at one point and, uh, we kind of started using it and, and I kind of got my team on board and, um, that was right around the time that the Slack community started. And, um, so I started getting involved there and, you know, I didn't know anybody. I really, I've been working with WordPress for years, but not that much exposure into to WordPress community apart from, you know, reading the, like the core blog and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but I just ended up kind of getting involved there and, uh, you know, trying to jump in and answer some questions when people have, uh, you know, kind of like code level questions. Like, oh, okay, I know how to do that, you know, because um, I'm kind of a tinkerer. I, any plugin that's got filters running around through it, I'm going to go find them and see what I can do with it. Um, so, yeah, at some point I had done a, I had done some, a, a project like a, kind of an alternate uh, a template panel for Beaver Builder. And I, I was trying some stuff. I wanted to be able to categorize them differently and I, I had kind of big dreams of of like a sort of kind of store type thing where you could you know kind of pull templates from different sites kind of like a peer-to-peer template store if that mm-hmm. makes any sense um and so you know somewhere along the way I, I had showed it to justin or robbie or somebody and that conversation just kind of started and you know that project sort of fell by the wayside um uh during the process but uh, last, uh, I guess, January of 2016, uh, Justin came and, and said, Hey, uh, we're, we, we want to do this theme builder project. Really don't know what it is yet. Um, but do you want to come and do some, some design work for it? And I was like, sure, that product design, that sounds awesome. Um, and, uh, I, I figured it was going to be like, you know, 
uh, two, three weeks of wireframes and, and then we'd be like, okay, thanks. And you know, here we are. Um, it's been over a year and I'm still here. <laughs> well, that, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like, there, there just kept being, uh, you know, more projects and, and, you know, obviously Themer continued and we, we worked on kind of the conceptual, uh, parts of that for uh, quite a while before, before Justin really started building it in earnest. And, um, you know, that mor morphed into, uh, a swag project here and, a. uh, we started talking about 2.0 and I think there were some affiliate banners in there somewhere. I don't know. I've done a bunch of projects for them at this point. Something that I've been talking about for a while now is the fragmentation of WordPress and, and not from sort of the core code of it. And is it a web app or a blogging platform, that kind of thing, but the fragmentation of the experience of WordPress, uh, you know, like the editor versus the front end versus the customizer. And now because page builders are getting so much more popular, uh, folks are starting to experience page builders or building their website the way that these page builders want their customers to interact. So not necessarily uh, in, in, in the same toe with, uh, you know, the design of WordPress even, right? So you, you might have a totally different customizer experience in Beaver Builder than you do in WordPress Customizer. Sure. And now with blocks coming into core WordPress, there'll be this whole other new interface for people to to learn and experience. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And what kind of attention do you give to that kind of experience? <laughs> um, yeah, so with, with the experience design stuff, I, I don't know that I think about it that way particularly. I know... I spend a lot of time thinking about maybe what's the WordPress way to do this um, because it, it, it's this, you know, you, you want to do something that's better, right? You're, you're trying to bring this idea that you have into existence, but at the same time, you know, whatever you're building should reflect the platform appropriately. Um, I mean, I, when was the last time you pulled up an app on your phone and it, you know, if you've got an iPhone, you pulled up the app and you're like, oh my gosh, this was totally designed for Android. Or if you pulled up pulled it up on Android and you're like, oh my gosh, this was totally designed for iPhone, right? Because they don't right. they don't look like the platform. They don't they don't fit and and the design doesn't pay the right respects to the platform while still creating this new experience, right? Um, and I feel that way with WordPress too. That that you know, to a degree, you you kind of have to ignore it and say, okay, well, we're doing this front end thing and we just have to kind of come up with the best possible experience. Um, and, and just, you know, to heck with whatever's going on in the admin, but then at the same time, can we, can we, you know, can they talk to each other? Can you have a design right. language between them that still says, yeah, we're, we're kind of tipping our hat to WordPress at the same time. And, you know, we're going to like, uh, in, you know, you'll in 2.0 you'll see a lot of uh, of color choices that are derived directly from the uh, you know the official uh, color guidelines for WordPress. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just it's those little little hat tips of kind of like you know in what ways can we make this feel natural, but we're going to give you what we think the best experience is for what you're doing because ultimately that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. How does one sort of balance the maybe user feedback uh, or user surveying, that kind of thing, to really understand how 
you know, a user wants to use something, right? Where, you know, basically what I'm saying is like, you know, we sit, we sit down as, as a team and we're building this product, but sometimes it's maybe just the three of us and we're talking about, you know, it's just us and yeah. it's our ideas. We haven't user, we haven't field tested this. We haven't asked for any kind of feedback. So how do you balance that? Like, we know what we're going to put in this because we, our gut feeling is that this feature or function is going to be great versus let's maybe test this out a little bit with somebody. Uh, how does that sure. work with what you're doing? Um, you know, I, I, it is a balance. Balance is the right word because it, it is a combination of those two. You know, you can't, you can't completely invalidate yourself and, and just kind of do some user testing, right? Send out some builds or, you know, if it's a site, you can, you can, uh, there's some pretty cool services where you can say, I want, you know, five people to try and do these tasks and, and see if they can, you know, see what, see what happens. Um, you need that data. You definitely need that data and that, you know, that's what you're, a little bit what your alpha period's for, um, to kind of tell you where people are getting hung up because it's somewhere that you know you would never have gotten hung up. Um, but on the you know on the flip side of that, you you also are, you know, hopefully creating something that doesn't exist yet, and you kind of have to trust yourself a little bit too, that you know, just like it's kind of like okay, just wait and see because I, I I promise this is. We, we have something for you and you're going to like it. Just sure. kind of bear with me for a second, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you, are you going, you're obviously going through those, those phases now. Yeah. Um, have you started to, uh, we'll see at the time of this recording, we are, uh, mid to late February. Um, have you started to sort of trickle out any 2.0 releases yet and started to get f- feedback from that? Or is that still sort of all under wraps right now? Um, we have we've trickled it out. Obviously, the the internal team uh, has access to it, and we've been getting feedback there. Um, and there's a uh, there are a few people around with with access to it. Uh, we've also been uh, we've been dropping some some screenshots as we go along. And um, it, anybody that's kind of paid attention to the Facebook group or the Slack group over time, uh, you'll see that it's actually gone through quite a few iterations uh, from where we started. It's if you if you pull up the original screenshots, we were like, "Ah, eh, this is what 2.0 is going to be doing," and it doesn't look anything like that now. It's totally different. Um, <laughs> so you know, there's been some heavy iteration uh, just to kind of you know work through uh, you know starting with like how do we you know where we started was you know how do we improve this thing? How do we organize it better and everything? And kind of going way out to a totally different UI for it. And then what we've ultimately come to is, is sort of this kind of in-between uh, that we think is going to be the best uh, middle ground. Have you, have you learned any sort of lessons in this that you can share with the audience from building a software interface, something that maybe you thought going into it was going to be super easy, but now you sort of realize, oh boy, uh, <laughs> that wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, uh, and maybe yeah. they can take away from that. Um, uh, well... I'll tell you, Beaver Builder was a lot more complex of an application than it seemed to me a year ago, for certain. It's um, and and implementing a UI. I mean, I I always try um, to kind of boil it down to you know at the end of the day, it's just views, right? And somehow the data is gonna the data is gonna get figured out somewhere, uh, you know, logically, and and then ultimately all I have to do is put views on the screen, and um, it's. It's complicated. You, you definitely, it's hard to answer. Um, you need a balance between 
that kind of the, the aesthetic where you can walk up and say, okay, no, that's not right. I got to change that. I've got to change the spacing or the color or whatever. And, um, and kind of the math of it. And, but, but they both have to be there, right? With a, with a website, I feel like we kind of get away with, uh, <laughs> being sloppy. Um, you know, you can, you can, you, you can kind of design a page and, if you're if you're spacing or if your your colors or whatever, if you go to another page and it's not quite the same, you can get away with it. When you're doing an application, you really have to have a logical system to your to your interface, right? Your buttons right. kind of all have to be what you expect, and your spacing kind of has to make sense, and your your font choices kind of have to make sense, and all that. But at the same time, you can't let the math completely rule what you're doing. You still have mm. to look at it and go, yeah, but it doesn't feel right. It doesn't, you know, the, the math says this should be right next to the edge, but it doesn't feel like it's supposed to be right next to the edge. So you got to go back and figure out how to bring that together where, you know, it's, it's ultimately, it's a human product at the end. Right. Right. I mean, and arguably on a, yeah, I guess, typical marketing website or product website, there's a whole heck of a lot less buttons <laughs> to be clicking yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not, sort of, you're not sort of cramming in all these things. And I guess that is the nature of, uh, of a page builder, regardless of uh, Beaver Builder or, say, Divi or Elementor or Site Origin. Uh, you know, there's just a lot of options because that's just the nature of that product is to sort of give mm -hmm. you that control. Have you found yourself maybe fighting that, uh, that aspect of it or maybe recommending to the, the Beaver Builder guys, uh, hey, maybe we shouldn't put in all these options. Have, have there any been a, has there ever been a scenario like that sort of crop up uh, in the 2.0 process? Um, well, there's always, I think there's always a balance of like, you know, just how many, <laughs> just how many fields should a module have, right? I mean, you know, if, if you put in styling fields are a great example. Like, you know, people are always asking for more and more styling fields, um, but you kind of know at your core, like, well, that's the that's kind of the wrong answer, right? I mean, because if you're just styling one-off stuff, right, you're just styling that heading here, and then you're gonna go to another page and you're gonna style the heading again, and you might not style it exactly the same. Well, we kind of know that's like that's bad. Right. Right. That's why style sheets exist. We, we, we want to have shared stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I think there are, there are definitely features that you could build, um, or maybe even that we have built that, uh, you know, are, they add power and flexibility, but you know, in the wrong hands, they can also lead to just a big crazy mess and nobody wants that. Um, right. You know, right. that's part of, that's part of the, the bad rap that page builders have had before is that they introduce clutter. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always kind of trying to keep WordPress as organized as possible. So I'm curious to sort of get your feedback on, uh, as Beaver Builder matures and there's more features uh, being put in, not only f by your own team and the team at Beaver Builder, but just from requests coming in and now with Beaver Themer okay. sort of right around the corner. There's just a whole heck of a lot more going into the product. It's making it much more feature-packed. It's getting a lot more powerful. Uh, and I know from my own product, Conductor, you know, having a, a, a product or a plugin that can really empower somebody to do s some complex things without having to write code, it means that you start adding a lot more sort of 
maybe steps isn't the right word, but a thinking, a whole different kind of thinking process sort of has to happen. Like somebody can't just plow through it and build a website. They have to take a step back and understand the workflow to build the site that they want with your tool, right? They sort of have to bend towards that and get that learning curve uh, under their belt. How has sure. that sort of process uh, been affected or or how have you approached that as this plugin gets a lot more powerful but has a, a lot more sort of features packed in under the hood? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, I think... Well, you see it with with new products, right? You, you you see when when somebody flocks to. I mean, let's just we'll talk about Elementor for a second, right? It's it's a it's a new page builder, and it's had a lot of people flock to it. Um, and you know, you kind of have to look at it then and and ask why. You know, why why are they choosing that one, or why are they choosing this other product, or whatever? Um, and and some of it is going to be simplicity, right? And so when you have a product that you could argue is more advanced. Um, although I'm not, I'm not necessarily making that comparison with Elementor, but when you have a product where you've, you've poured in features, um, th there is a threshold to where if it, if it seems cumbersome, if it seems heavy and, and granted, all of that is, is maybe just in somebody's imagination, right? You know, if, if they, if they perceive that, that it's not going to be as performant because it has all these features versus, oh, I'll go use this simple thing because obviously it's lighter weight. You know, I mean, that, that stuff, um, we've certainly seen that happen uh, over the years in WordPress with the whole uh, super theme concept, right? When people are building themes that just have levers and knobs coming out everywhere, um, you know, some of them actually have been poor performing, but some of them have just, some of them have just seemed like they were, yeah. um, you know? And so I, I think there is a, there's a, a balance of that where you, you've got to continue to develop something obviously you don't want your product to go stagnant but it's it's always got to seem you know like it's it's got to still be simple it's got to still be friendly to the first time user and um you know people that aren't uh pros digging into all those advanced features how are you going to match up and maybe this is still way too early on and maybe you haven't um well i know you said you've tabled at least maybe some of the discussion of uh, of the YouTube channel and things like that. But I feel that the onboarding experience for 95, maybe even 98% and myself included, the onboarding experience for WordPress plugins, software, commercial software is mediocre at best, right? I mean, mediocre sure. at best, partly because of the, you know, the, the, the ecosystem that we're in, everybody has a different WordPress site, uh, they're on different hosts, getting them to install the plugin or adding that to your, your plugin for a, a solid uh, onboarding system is not as easy as if it, let's say, if it were a SaaS-based business. Um, but how, maybe how are you sort of looking at that? Are you, do you have any appro approach that you're going to be doing for 2.0 that might be sort of out of the box or is sort of content and training material the best foot forward that most people can, can, can do to get this stuff uh, solved? Well... It's it's a tough one. I mean, with with any feature or any uh, you know product, you you've kind of got to look at everything you're working on. How much value is it going to bring? And and that first time experience is super important. But the second and third and fourth time ex experience is really important too, right? I mean, you you've got people who go from being a first time user to a professional with your product, and so 
you've got to you got to figure out a balance between the two where uh you know where you're not getting in the way right you're not you're not doing so much that's for the first time user that then it becomes kind of a you know kind of a thing you've got to hide to because it becomes irritating for the for the people that use it all the time yeah. um but but yeah that first time experience it, it is hard in wordpress especially with plugins i mean you, you see plugins all the time that you know, as soon as you activate them, they, they want to take you to their welcome screen. Well, you know what happens when you activate three plugins at once? Who wins? Right. You know, uh, <laughs> so there, there, there's not a uh, you know the the experience of of starting out with a new software in WordPress is definitely got, it's got some rough spots. Um, I don't know. I don't have anything novel there, but I, I just think you you want to try and do your best to get inside that first time person's head, right? Figure mm-hmm. out where they are. What, what is it they're trying to do? Because, you know, more often than not, somebody is trying a new product because they just want to get this thing done, right? They have something that they're already, that, you know, is kind of already in their mind. They're not just sitting back and I think I'll try a new page builder today. Um, right. you, you know what I mean? Like they, they're like, I just need to get this stinking website done so that I can go on and do the things that I was supposed to do today. Um, right. you know, and so I think you have to kind of try and focus on that and, and, you know, not just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It kind of, honestly, sometimes the, the, the tours, uh, at the beginning of like phone apps kind of bug me because it's like, no, no, yeah, no. Cause you're just I like swiping, like, come on. Let's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, why do I have to go through five pages of here's how you do stuff and you're not even showing me the application yet. Right. Right. Um, I, I feel the exact same way. Oh, don't get me started on, uh, like the, the animated or hand-drawn intro videos. Right. I, I'm, I am the biggest opponent to those videos. I hate them because it's like, you haven't <laughs> even shown me a screenshot of your product yet. Like, you know, I'm not going to sit through, uh, two to five minutes of you being like, you know, when you have this bad day and you really want to, and I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, that's the worst because people are just trying to get to that thing that they already have in their mind. And so you need an onboarding way that like gets them there as fast as possible. You know, I, it's, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it's something that's always sort of running in the back of my mind. And it's, oh, you know, I, if I were much more of a sort of like historian <laughs> type of person or, or maybe even a true artist, I'd kind of point to, you know, just the way that this industry has evolved and, if you think back to like even five years ago when when SaaS really started to become a thing and that software as a service uh, or even just selling software and that kind of thing where I shouldn't say it became a thing. It just became a lot more uh, accessible for people to do this, right? So from indie developers to non-tech people to be able to launch a software business, uh, they sort of turned to those as you know, the, the de facto way to explain, like, you know, these indie developers were like, well, I hate talking to people. I'm not good in front of a camera. So I'm just going to outsource to this, to this thing to make me like this hand-drawn intro. And it just sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, it became one of those things like squeeze pages. They all have the 24 hour countdown timers, right? And it's like, if you don't register now, you know, you're going to miss out on all this great content. I think that sort of, that sort of marketing content, while it worked, you know, again, four or five years ago, it's just one of those things that we've all been exposed to for so long. It's just like, ugh, I'm sick of it, right? <laughs> just yeah. Do, some, oh, yeah. do something a little bit better. 
Uh, but I guess also to say, if you have nothing, uh, you know, and you're just starting out, and 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 that's what you that's what you can do right now. Then I guess by all means do it, but just understand that in a in a competitive world, uh, again, especially if you know, like most of you are in, in the WordPress world, if you're launching another contact form or if you're launching another page builder, uh, you know, do something else because you're going to need to because the competition <clears throat> and the stakes are so much higher. Well, and I, you know, it kind of goes back to the whole YouTube thing of of getting started and and not getting too hung up on you know being ultra professional right out of the gate there's never going to be anything better than showing the product, right? right. Nobody's going to come up with a better way for you to get your product across to somebody than for you to show it. So, you know, rather than sending off to have some illustrator or, you know, a group of guys from wherever do, do some sort of animated thing that's going to make you sit around, just, you know, pull up QuickTime and do a screencast and say, this is what we made and we think it's important and we hope you like it, you know, and, and just move on. How long do you think those videos uh, should be? Uh, that that sort of first impression explainer video. I mean, I guess what's your yeah. tolerance for sitting through a video, and and what do you recommend? Well, so you do have to measure it based on where you're going to post it, and that just from the the kind of daytime marketing agency experience with this. Um, if you know, YouTube people have a higher tolerance for videos than, or for video length than Facebook. Um, I think when it's somebody sitting on your homepage, trying to watch a video to figure out what is this that you're trying to, to give them or show them. Um, you know, I, I think you gotta, I don't, I don't know that it necessarily depends so much on how long the video is. I think it depends on how long it takes you to explain to them what it is and why it's valuable to them. Mm, and yeah, that's a good point. In, in my opinion, you got to hook their interest in the first 20, 30 seconds yeah. or faster. You know, I mean, you got to get, I, I see YouTube videos all the time where somebody's doing a tutorial for some kind of, you know, some kind of thing and they spend a minute, a solid minute talking about what they're going to show you. Right. <laughs> and, and that just, I, and I'm just like, okay, I no, I, like I skip ahead until I see a screenshot because you know what I mean? Because it's like, no, 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 that's not what I came here for. Exactly. Like just do what you're going to do. Um, and so that's kind of a pet peeve. Uh, you know, it, it's you, you, especially coming from sort of a marketing background of, of, you know, if you're doing an ad, like if you're doing a YouTube ad or a Facebook ad or whatever, it's got to be like five seconds and they're hooked right. or else they're going to skip it. Right. 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 Um, right. So I, I think that's for me when we're talking about video content, especially it really has to uh, move as fast as possible, um, you know, without seeming kind of rushed. Um, right. But yeah, you, you got to go get straight into it. Yeah, I mean, I, the other day we have another product, another plugin, and it's called Easy Support Videos. And uh, what it is is just a way for somebody to embed videos in the admin of uh, of WordPress. So if you're, you know, if you're a consultant cool. and, and you're and you're making these videos for people to, you know, train them on their site, you can just embed that right into into the WordPress dashboard, and people can watch it right there. So, but we recently re uh, released a pro add-on, which is just a like a white labeling. Uh, you can white label it, change the names of it, all that stuff, reorder it, put all these other pages in it. And I, I swear to God, this is, goes back to what we said before. It took me one hour to record a four-minute video 
because I was trying to get it as fast and succinct as possible. And I told Scott, my lead developer, I'm like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get an explainer video done in two minutes. Like, that's my goal. And I couldn't. <laughs> I just couldn't. <laughs> it took four minutes. That was as short as I could get it. Because I, I think the first video I ran through was 12 minutes. I was like, what the hell is this? I'm not going to make a 12-minute explainer video. I made it, I, you know, recorded again, recorded again, and I finally got down to two minutes. Uh, it is definitely something that is, uh, you know, for people, again, who are thinking about doing this themselves, takes a little bit of time, takes a little bit of, you know, bumps and bruises, uh, and you'll get there yeah. and you'll get better at it. Um, you know, just be aware, right? It might not have to be perfect, but just be well, aware of it, that kind and of thing. <laughs> the, the whole one take thing is, is so tricky. And, you know, I don't think, for me, I don't try and do things in one take anymore. I used to, it, it just, it's too hard. The timing's yeah. too hard and, you know, then suddenly your internet connection speed drops and, and you're looking at progress bars and it's just like, okay, what happened here? Um, I'm a big cheater when it comes to videos. Uh, my, uh, especially with screencasts, my big thing is um, pause as much as you want, but whenever you do, don't scroll or move the mouse. That way you can chop it out. Right. Um, and, and like those progress loaders, you know, you click on something, you're going to load for a second, and then you're going to continue. Just like go silent and let the progress indicator do its thing. And then when it clears, move on with your video because then you can come back and chop it out. And I'll, I'll totally do that. So if you're ever looking at any of my like tutorial videos um, and you're like, wow, Beaver Builder ro loads really fast for you. <laughs> it does. Um, but I'm also a big cheater. Nice. Nice, Brent. This has been a great conversation, sort of learning who you are, what you're doing, um, especially what you're doing with uh, Beaver Builder uh, and sort of all these other tips and tricks for the uh, for the developer designer uh, in all of us. Where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? That was another episode of The Matt Report. I hope you learned something. I hope you got something out of it. It means a lot when somebody actually learns something from the conversations that I have here. Either personal gains or business gains, whatever it might be. Just learning your way in the crazy world of WordPress. That's why I do it. I couldn't do it without my audience. I couldn't do it without my sponsors as well. So please go ahead and thank the sponsors. Use the services uh, that I've mentioned in these episodes. I really vet them and make sure that they're only putting out good products with great support and they really care about the WordPress community. That's why I've chosen them. So it means a lot if you go ahead on Twitter and tell them that you heard them on the Matt Report podcast. As always, mattreport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. It's the number one way to stay connected. I send private videos there to my newsletter. It's really becoming much more than just a boring old newsletter. So I hope I can see you over there. And the best thing that you can do for the show is head on over to iTunes, search for WordPress podcast. Leave me a five-star review if you enjoy the episode. I'd really appreciate it. We'll see you in the next episode.